Hey, what's up? This is a preview of a premium episode of Champagne Sharks. If you like this preview and you want to hear the rest of the episode, go to patreon.com forward slash champagne sharks. For $5 a month, you get access to the rest of this episode as well as all the past premium episodes in the archive. So it's a great deal. $5 a month, rest of this episode, all the back premium episodes as well. So without any further ado, let's get to it. Did you see uh, this tweet by New York City Southpaw about the never Trump people going on full circle? Yeah, yeah. I'm looking at it right now. I mean, like it, it, it just it just two screenshots. And the first one is the National Review from February 1st, 2016, when they published their against Trump mega issue. And the, the caption is just you're welcome. And this is like this is their moment when they were going to assert control again over the conservative movement and just be like stand athwart history and yell stop no more. You will you will not pass Iowa, Donald Trump. And then, of course, we all know what happened. He went on to just wash every single Republican yes. <laughs> so thoroughly, so quickly that it made these people's heads spin. And now uh, the other one is Rich Lowry, who is the editor-in-chief of the National Review. He edited the Never Trump issue, retweeting Kimberly Strassel of the Wall Street Journal, who just says, we are all deplorables now. Time to embrace it and respond. And Rich Lowry is one of the most vocal uh, Never Trumpers. Oh, yeah. Uh, when it happened, along with uh, I've seen Ben Shapiro now kind of saying like, "You forced us to." Yep. You liberals have forced us to uh, get behind Trump now. I, yeah. I hope you're happy. I just love the party of personal responsibility. Oh, somehow yeah. is saying that that liberals are forcing him to uh, like no, Trump, and I'd like you to unpack that. Like, first yeah. of all, what was the Never Trump thing about? Was it ever sincere and? What has happened since then? The only thing it was about was, and again, like the never Trump movement, so much that it exists, you could fit all of these people in like a minor league baseball stadium. That's how many people, that's the number of actual people's views in America that it truly represented. This was a, you know, this was the click of sort of very elite, you know, I'm using scare quotes, intellectual conservatives who found Donald Trump to be personally unpalatable to them, or that if Donald Trump became the Republican nominee and took over the conservative movement, the sort of, the, the pretense that they all have of being, you know, thought people who are, you know, uh, not racist, um, would th- that facade would completely fall apart. And now it has. And of course, all these people support almost everything Donald Trump does. Yeah, and they don't I have any think- they don't have any real political dispute with him. They just think yeah. he's, you know, an uncouth, uncultured moron, which of course he is. But you know, he's their guy. He's pushing their right wing agenda that they have every intention of fully supporting. But now they're of course they're they're all coming around and bending the knee and just saying, oh well we have to be, you know, MAGA Donald Trump people now because the liberals are making us do it by how mean they're being to Donald Trump and and us. That they you know they they never gave us any credit for being against Trump. And I'll and I'll take it a step further. I don't even think they were against how uncouth or unwashed or rude he was, so much as they thought him being that way publicly was gonna ruin the brand, as in make them lose and then damage them for like one or two elections out. Yeah, I mean, because well, I'm sure I'm sure in private, if he was saying all the same stuff, I'm sure they say. Oh, I'm sure they say a, all a the lot same of the same stuff. Too, yeah, and, uh, 
in, in private. I, just, it's, I, just, I mean, it's also about their power in the conservative movement is that, yeah. you know, the fact that how quickly Donald Trump washed all of their contenders and all their, and, and just laughed in the face of all their indignant op-eds about him showed that these people don't really have any power outside of the kind of think tanks and vanity magazines that they reside in. They have no real constituency. Uh, it's, you know, Donald Trump is the face of American conservatism. He has a 90% approval rating among Republicans. And he had that before he nominated a rapist to the Supreme Court. And now, of course, because of how mean everyone's been to Brett Kavanaugh and all of it, the horrible character assassination that he's had to undergo, people like Kimberly Strassel and Ben Shapiro and Rich Lowry and Eric Erickson, who's another shithead who was supposedly the reasonable never-Trump conservative, they all have to find a way to say now, uh, yeah, we we all have to support Donald Trump and we have to support him because it's the liberals who made us do it. And they were going toward this for a while, but I think they were just waiting for the right moment to just jump in with both uh, feet as far as because once he won, they knew where they had to uh kiss up to like it was not about principles ever no, these people don't have real principles i mean these are all these are people who are craven by nature i mean they're they're authoritarians by nature in that like both that they long to lord power and abuse others but also they know their place in the pecking order and will happily you know grovel between you know to their their betters or people with more power than them and they know that's how the game is played and it's also about it's also about a feint to sort of fool the the liberal media a lot in that like they constantly say hey you know if if you go too far or if you say X, Y, or Z, or if you accuse Brett Kavanaugh of being a rapist, you know, you realize you're only forcing us to go even more to the right. You know, you're pushing us into the arms of Trump. So it's a way of faking out, you know, gullible marks in the Democratic Party and liberal establishment as a way of saying, hey, that thing you're doing, you're going to make us do the thing we were always going to do anyway. And to a large extent, it still works. And going on with the uh awful people in the media, Eli Lake, uh, he had a tweet today that said, um, congratulations, Democrats, your Kavanaugh circle has united the right behind Trump, which is, um, you know, going in with what we're, he was talking about a Brett Stevens uh, yeah. piece. Where, Brett, see, I know, yeah, another, another, you know, anti-Trump, never Trump conservative and fine standing who's now coming out to say, oh, I, I support Donald Trump now. And, and the title is For Once, I'm Grateful for Trump. And he's had I'm dozens sure he's of op-eds. For Trump. Yeah. He's had dozens of op-eds thanking Trump for tearing up the Iran deal, for launching an airstrike on Syria. I mean, he's gone to bat for him many times before. It, exactly. And each time it's like, you know, well... I didn't want to do it, but for once, it's like okay, it's been like yeah, a lot. I mean, I mean, I don't know who they're, I don't know who the fuck they're fooling at this point. It must be something. Yeah, and I did a search, you know, for the link. Um, you know, we can search a link to see how many people uh, are retweeting and talking about it. And sure enough, a whole bunch of like the most vocal never Trumpers have been uh, tweeting that Brett Stevens uh, link. So it's like I think they're kind of, they're finally finding it uh, safe to just uh, really expose themselves for being as craven as most of us already knew uh they were and the last thing um the federalist i want you to end with talking about because the federalist is something that's getting weirder and weirder and i can't fully understand it i mean there was a doppelganger there was the uh doppelganger thing that 
recently Oh, yeah, happened, the doppelganger where... theory about Kavanaugh. Well, now the latest thing with the Federalists, uh, even more absurd than the doppelganger theory, is that now these people, Baseball Crank included, have uh, gone all in on... No, not Baseball Crank, Sean Davis. I get those guys confused. Um, they've gone all in on the theory that uh, someone has dug up uh, the fact that Christine Ford uh, was one of 12 names on an academic paper who authored an academic paper that um, looked at um, different methods of, you know, uh, basically in the field of psychology, like different methods for uh, addressing trauma in therapy, one of which was hypnosis or self-hypnosis to, uh, and again, they are, have the fact, and then, you know, and I think the paper came to the conclusion that it was, you know, inadequate method of therapy. Uh, and they have used this to all say that Christine Ford self-hypnotized herself to create a false memory of being sexually assaulted by Brett Kavanaugh and Mark Judge. That is the Federalist. And if you, like I said, the important thing about the Federalist, and they get weirder with every fucking day, is that they are, they have now supplanted, in my opinion, the National Review or the Weekly Standard or Commentary or any of those other places as the preeminent journal of conservative thought. And by that, I mean, they may not be as prestigious as those, but if you really want to know what the the real right wing in this country and the, are thinking about, go to the Federalist. And I will point you no further than the article they just published this week that said, even if Brett Kavanaugh is guilty, <laughs> we have to appoint him to the Supreme Court. Yeah, it's almost like an elaborate troll. Like they're getting... They're trolling they, too. That's the thing. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They used to have an attempt to seem plausibly reasonable or respectable, and they have just thrown in the towel on even seeming sane. You know, and no, like yeah, they're 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 again. They the, these people have left orbit. They're they're in their own space. They're in their own mind palace right now. They're completely unmoored. Uh, and what they're interested in is uh, revenge on their cultural and political enemies, which again, I sympathize with, I don't blame them. But uh, if you really want to know uh, what these people are like and what they think like, you'd be much better off reading The Federalist than The National Review. I feel like Trump has moved the Overton window on just uh, how you can speak in public. So it's like, I feel like The Federalist, because Trump is so crazy and he just has like a type of Tourette's, like a tick, that he'll just say whatever comes to his mind, no matter how crazy. I mean, he can straight up mock a, a rape accuser or a rape victim uh, during a rally mm -hmm. and not even like bat an eye. It gives room for a place like the Federalist to still be saner than that and think that, you know hey, we're still the voice of uh, reason or whatever. And I think to some level, even they probably don't realize it. Like what, ha what happened with Lindsey Graham on the floor, I think is a perfect example of uh, the acceptable behavior that Trump has kind of given people a window to indulge in and still kind of feel like... That was hilarious, though. Yeah. Lindsey Graham showing out for Donald Trump by, you know, the least intimidating man on the planet. But, you know, <laughs> I mean, like, because they understand, I mean, they're playing to an audience of one and they're playing to be seen on Fox News and to be seen by the president because that's how he understands reality and that's what impresses him is people acting in a way that's like him and, and placating him on television. And that's and, what he rewards. And, and you ever notice like Lindsey Graham's like Southern accent, like uh, when he tries to act tough, it just comes out like harder. Like, like I mean, he, he sounded like, you know, uh, Foghorn Leghorn at one part yeah. during that rant. He, yeah. And a lot of the time he sounds a little bit kind of uh, effeminate or fey. And he was really laying it on thick with that uh, yeah. Southern accent at that time. It was pretty, it was pretty funny. The final crazy thing I saw Federalists do was, 
they did a uh, rounded up 37 signatures of conservative quote unquote thought leaders to complain that the Washington Post blogger, uh, what's her name? Jennifer, Jennifer Rubin? Rubin. Yeah. Was not conservative enough. And they let, they listed like a whole bunch of stances that she had that were not in line with the, uh, conservative consensus and demanded that Washington Post, uh, hire a new conservative blogger that really represented conservatism. Well, this is a, I mean, I mean, this is a perfect example of how, uh, of, of the trajectory of the right in this country, because Jennifer Rubin was hired by the Washington Post to be their conservative, you know, blogging voice for, for the Washington Post blog. And up until about a year ago, she was one of the most reliably right wing hacks in the world. Just, just an utterly contemptible fucking idiot who would, you know, spout any inanity, no matter how fucking dumb uh, on behalf of, you know, Mitt Romney or whatever. However, Jennifer Rubin is actually one of the few never Trump people who seems to genuinely mean it in that she has said Kavanaugh shouldn't be supported and that she would not vote for Donald Trump, or she maybe even said she voted for Hillary Clinton. I don't know. But, you know, again, that that's, she's now um, persona non grata to her former patrons. Yeah, because the Never Trump stuff was just supposed to be a stance. Yeah, based that was on for the, the fucking that, rubes. That was for the rubes and yeah, the media. Yeah. Like, and, and it was based on the idea that they never thought he was going to win. Like, like yeah, now that he won. Of course, they thought that this was an easy, yeah, they thought there was no way he would get the nomination so they could have this cheap bit of moral preening and posturing. And then, oh shit, hold on, we're actually going to have to like live up to this. No, no way. Something else that that kind of um, shows this new kind of thing in the right is I'm not sure exactly when it happened. I mean, I'm sure it happened. It's something that kind of happened starting with uh, Barry Goldwater's loss and just built and built. But there's this thing where the conservatives, even though they're a party of uh, personal responsibility, they're a party of stop whining, stop blaming other people, being a minority or being mm-hmm. oppressed isn't, isn't real. They've somehow on, at some point convince themselves they're actually an oppressed minority group and they mm-hmm. behave accordingly which is why you would never see like liberals get together and complain that i mean they'll say alan combs back in the uh, handy and combs day was kind of a uh milk toast but they never felt entitled to have a better liberal there like they would never round up like 40 liberal commentators and say <laughs> fire alan combs yeah 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 and, and you know you know but they're acting Put like bill maher on next to sean hannity that's what we want y- yeah but conservatives feel comfortable doing it because at some point they've convinced themselves they're like black people they're like gay people mm-hmm. they're like they're like you're uh, you're you're a hundred you're absolutely right about that and i would even say that that is the single most cohesive and animating factor of conservative politics in america today I, like it's whether they're insane love for donald trump or every all of their other behavior is uh they are a political minority. They're only about 30% of this country. They are actually unpopular, despite the fact that they control every branch of government. They understand that, but they, again, it's it's all in their projection. It's all in their, the way that, that they teach, they speak about other people, whether it's, you know, snowflakes or social justice warriors or the, the culture of victimhood that they bemoan among, you know, whether it's black people or women or gays or whoever. Uh, they now, their status as victims and Donald Trump is the guy who will get back at the people who bully and oppress them is, I think, the, the single most animating force driving right-wing politics in this country today. And not only that, that uh, liberals or otherwise normal people's disgust and dislike of them is like racism. Yes. It is a form of bigotry and prejudice on par with 
the way uh, America has treated black people. Like they, they, they really believe now they have all, they have all but signed on to the idea of, you know, not outright bigotry, but systematic oppression of conservatives. That, that is yes. what they believe. And that's what motivates and, them. And, and I think what's ironic about that. I mean, there's all the analogs that, like, for example, they've, they've made racist into a slur as opposed to something that has to do with your behavior. Like yeah. they've, they've made it into a slur or, or that people just call you because you're white or whatever. But what's interesting is not only do they behave that way, but as people who view themselves as oppressed, they do all the things that they say black people or women or gay people shouldn't do as a press group. Of course, so, of so, course. So, so they blame people for their behavior, even if, whether it's Jews, whether it's liberals, whether it's whatever, they say that all these people have made them, uh, their lives turn out badly instead of, you know, taking personal accountability. No, they, back to they, Kavanaugh and Trump, we, we have to support a sexual predator for president and we have to support a sexual predator on the Supreme Court. We have no other choice. The liberals made us do it by being mean to us. Yeah, and the, the boogeyman they've created of Al Sharpton or Obama, like, like there's this idea that black people are going to get somebody into power and use them to bludgeon all their enemies. Yeah, and they yeah, kinda absolutely. Created, they kind of created... Well, they're telling you what they're going to do when they get power. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Because this is how they would behave if they were oppressed. Yeah, absolutely. So that's why... I, and the thing with white genocide, it's like they can complain that white people are going to become a minority in this country and going to be like outbred. And it's like, wait, so all this time you told people being a minority wasn't a bad thing. So, <laughs> yeah. so, so, so if... If that's the case, if you if you're telling black people and gay people and women and all these people all this time that uh, being a minority is is fine, then why would you? Like, this is a perfect chance for them to lead by example and show minority people the proper way to live under oppression. And instead, they do. And, and it's like you said, it's because all along they're projecting how they would react in black people's shoes. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like you know, yeah, yeah, exactly. If 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 the shoe were on the other foot, they would be they would honestly just be killing people in the streets. Oh yeah, yeah. Like you know, like the Black Panthers wouldn't have gone far enough for them. <laughs> yeah, ex exactly. All right, so that's the preview. If you enjoyed it, you know what to do: patreon.com forward slash champagne sharks. Five dollars a month, and you get to hear it all. Later. <laughs>